0: I want to try to set the context for you here in this psalm. I didn't realize this uh, when I started uh, reading this, and I felt like the Lord was giving me direction for this psalm. I didn't realize that next to Job, this is probably the oldest, some of the oldest writing in your Bible. It is definitely the oldest psalm. If you'll look there just below where it says Psalm 90, maybe most of our Bibles has this superscription where it says, A prayer of Moses, the man of God. And so it's Moses that wrote this. And actually I read up and it said that by this time he has probably wrote the book of Genesis. Of course he wrote the first five books of the Bible. He's probably wrote Genesis and Exodus, maybe Leviticus, but they were not being circulated. He is living with these people at a time here. And I want to set the context. They're dying. In the wilderness, Israel wanders for 40 years without point, without purpose, because they would not believe God. And God says, everybody 20 years old and over is going to die in this wilderness. Can you imagine? You are living, if you lived back in that time, you are living with that death sentence hanging over you. You are not making it out of the wilderness. And so this is the mentality, this is the context in which Moses is writing, that the Lord leads him to write this. The Bible says in verse number 1, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as a yesterday, when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thy anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants." O satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Let's pray. Lord, I do not want to take it for granted. Lord, that I'm here this morning, white graves, Lord, and I'm getting to stand here. I have this opportunity. Lord, I don't want to squander it. And I don't want to take it for granted. I want to ask you for your help. And I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would help me. And in spite of myself, would you make me a good minister of the Word of God this morning. And I pray that Your Word would go forth in power, demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And I pray, Lord, for those that are here it's never been saved. God, would You please deal with their hearts and put them under conviction and draw them unto Yourself. Lord, for us, Lord, have been saved. Lord, Your people, I pray, God, that they would be encouraged. I pray, Lord, that You'd help us today from the Word of God. And for all that You do, I'll give You glory. I'll give You praise for it. And I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I do appreciate you standing in reference to the Word of God. I have read this Psalm and reread this Psalm, and I have studied it, and I have read it again. I actually even took the time, and, and you you could do this, and this psalm would still, for the most part, make sense. You could start at verse number 17 and read this psalm backwards. It's 17, 16, and 15, and so forth, and it would make sense to you. I have reread it and read it over again, and here's what I found. That And this is the theme, it seems like the Lord has placed on my heart, not just for this morning, but probably for tonight too. And this, this is a constant theme of this time. This, this psalm is highlighted by time. And, and Moses wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And it is a comparison. And we see here very quickly how that the Holy Ghost inspires him to write that how eternal God is. And how small and how temporary we really are. I'm reminded of the psalmist when he said, What really is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm reminded in this psalm that man is overruled by time. But I'm also reminded that God overrules time. Amen. We are are restrained by time. But God is not restrained. He dwells within eternity. Amen. Even as a matter of fact, I thought about some truths that we're going to find here in this psalm. We're going to see some doctrinal truth. We're going to see a dangerous truth. We'll see a deadly truth. But we'll see a delightful truth as well. Amen. I want you to notice with me some some doctrinal truths found here in just the first couple of verses. The Bible says, Lord, in verse number 1, I see His sovereignty right there. I see the capital L O R D. He is Lord over all. Amen. He alone sits in the heaven. I will say I thank God. I serve a God that nobody is sitting beside Him, giving Him advice how He ought to run things. He's got it all under control. Amen. I see his sovereignty. I see his omnipotence. Amen. His all, all powerful. Amen. The Bible says in verse number two that he has formed the earth. He has made the world. He has all power. I see very quickly his omnipresence. He, the, Moses says, Lord, thou has been our dwelling place in all generations. I see here also his immutability. Amen. He does not change. Moses says for every generation, you've been our dwelling place. He is the same. God says in Malachi, I am the Lord. I change not. Amen. I see his immutability. I see his transistence. I see that you cannot, listen, did you know, you can't wrap your head around God. Did you know here, amen, the Bible tells us in verse number two, he says you formed the earth and the world even from everlasting to everlasting. I looked those words up. You know what that means? It means from vanishing point to vanishing point. That means as far as you can think back. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning God created heavens and the earth. We really can't even imagine what was before then. That was the beginning as far as what we know. But before then there was God. Amen. And as far as hey, as far as far you can stretch your mind back. And as far as you can go into the future. Just Aaron and I last night. Me, Aaron and, and Laura were sitting at the table. Got to talk about prophecy. Got to talk about the rapture. Got to talk about the thousand years. We can't and wrap our mind around a thousand years but after the thousand years amen for us eternity begins a new heaven and a new earth and we sat there and we talked about well what we're going to do during all that time and honestly i don't know but it would wear my mind out trying to think about it and moses says from vanishing point to vanishing point thou art god you dwell here just like you dwell here i say glory to god amen that's the one I serve. Amen. The doctrinal truth. Just You say, well, the, all the Bible is truth. And it is. But I see these doctrinal truths here. I see a dangerous truth. And by the way, this is just all introduction. There's just one that I really want to focus on. But think about this dangerous truth in verse number 7. Now think about the context again. Moses is watching these people die. Everywhere they go and they dwell and they pick up their tents and they leave, you know what they're leaving behind? A graveyard. We are reminded, are we not the same, by the way? We can just walk right out of our church and be reminded that we are restrained by time. There's a dangerous truth. He says in your countenance In verse number 7 For we are consumed by thine anger And by thy wrath We are troubled Thou hast set our iniquities before thee Our secret sins Are in your light Things that we feel like we've got hidden God says it's all exposed before me And Moses realizes that. He realizes that he's writing about a people who maybe not even professed it. But in their heart, they did not believe God. And maybe they thought they had it hid. But God said, it's all open before me. And you have a generation. Oh, man. You have a generation that is wandering around without any purpose. I see a lot of likeness of that today. Do you? I see a lot of that in our churches. That we wander around without a purpose. As if we got saved. And all we did was just get out of hell. There's so much more to it than that. Thank God we don't have to worry about going to hell if you're saved. But there's a purpose. There's a design God, God did not design these people to come out and to die in the wilderness because they wouldn't believe God. There they would remain. But He purposed for them to go in and do something. And He's designed us the same way. I may have more to say about that tonight. Amen. I see this dangerous truth. But I want you to notice there's a deadly truth. This is my main thought that I have. I tell you, every time I read this psalm, verse number nine stuck out to me. Verse number nine. That last part of the verse. It says, for all our days are passed away in wrath. Here's what it says. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Boy, if I had a thought, that's my thought. That tale, that story. You know what I thought? Every one of us in here, we've got our story. We are living our story. Moses realized that long after they would be gone and pass away in that wilderness, that later on that story would be told. Hey, and it's still being told. But you think about this. Forty years they wandered around in that wilderness, right? I can summarize their lives in just a couple of sentences. And this is what I thought, man, that we spend our years. We spend them, preacher. Just like we spend money, whatever you feel is valuable. Are you listening? Man, I'm telling you, you need to listen to me today. Whatever we spend our treasure on is what we deem priceless or what we feel like we can't afford. What are you spending your life on? Because no matter how many years you get, man, my dad... What, gonna be 76 this, this August? It'll be 70, 77 years. By the way, I'm at that age where I remember Daddy telling me, son, you just wait till you get to your 40s. You ain't even gonna notice your 40s. And then before you know it, man, you're, you're gonna be about through it. And I think, man, I am 55, halfway through the 50s. What happened? Think about this, 55 years the Lord has blessed me. But if I were to pass away and y'all rolled me up here, you would summarize my entire life in just a couple of sentences. There's no wonder that out there on those headstones, there's a birthday and then there's a dying day, but it's that dash. Ain't it ironic that we call it a dash? Because it's like we're dashing to get there. From the time that you were born, we spend our life, amen, just like, I mean, just just as normal. We get up, we go to bed at night, but our fuse is constantly burning down. What if God wrote your headstone today? Would it surprise you if the ending date was next week? Would it surprise you? Would it shock you? That maybe you won't even make it out of 2024. Would it shock you? So you're living your story. And here's what I couldn't get away from. Your story. I've got a story. You've got a story. We all, every one of us in here are in the middle of our story. That miss, I thought about little Oliver there. Miss, miss Ariana just had that youngin. I mean, man, they're like in the forward part of the book, Right? They're still in the introduction. Most of us here today, though, we're in the middle of that story somewhere. I thought about whether I know that there's a a starting point to every one of our stories. I mean, how many of y'all were born? Come on. Yep, 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 you were. That's the trick question. You were born, but we're still here. It means we're still, we're in that dash part. Oh man, I've learned this. Listen to this statement right here. Listen to this. It ain't mine. I I read it and I'm telling you it impacted me. Life at its very best is very brief. Man, I'm learning that. Life, fellas, at its very best is very brief. What is your life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a short while and it vanisheth away. He put there in verse number 10, we fly away. We're gone. It's like we were here just for a little bit. And I promise you, if you were to live a hundred years, that is not even a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. So I thought about this book, our story that's being told. It's got a starting point, got that opening chapter. It's got an ending chapter. We just don't know when that's gonna be. But mark it down. It's there. It's there. There's no getting a death is imminent. It's inescapable. You ain't getting out of it. It's gonna happen. That date is already there. It is once appointed unto man to die. You have an appointment. You're gonna die. There's no getting out of it. Every one of us in here would agree. There ain't no getting out of it. Our problem is, is we just think it's going to be a long way out there somewhere, and the less I think about it, the better. But the older you get, the more some of those things start to dawn on you. So, thought about this as far as our as far as our chapters. <laughs> I thought it has a starting place, has a a, a stopping chapter, final chapter. In your story, I thought in my story, there are some special chapters in my story. Well, there's been some special times. You got any special times in your life right now that you can think of? I remember when I was ordained, preacher. That was special to me. Man, I remember, I, I, I remember when the Lord spoke to my heart and, and, and started doing my heart about the mission field. Man, that, that's a special, special chapter in my life. Maybe it was a graduation for you. Maybe when your young'uns were born. I'm so glad again I'm in Georgia and I say young'uns and y'all know what I'm talking about. I was around when all of my young'uns were born. I can tell you all their birthdays. Now don't ask me the year, I'll get all messed up. But I can tell you the days, August 22nd, August 1st, and August the 10th, and April the 13th, and June, April the 19th, June, and Jonah's is made 16th, and he's June the 13th. You what, June the 6th? I was there when all of them were born. I mean, I only had nine. But I made it. But you know what? Some, some of my youngers are here. And those, that's a special time in my life. I got, man, If I was, listen, you know what, oh man, you know what you do when you start getting older? You start summarizing your own life. Don't you, preacher? You start looking back. Man, and now you begin to realize, why did grandma keep those pictures? I know why. Because just like that, man, you turn around. And to think that we spend, we are spending those years. As a story. One of these days, somebody's gonna tell your story, and you know how long it's gonna take them? It's gonna take them about as long as if they were standing outside early this morning and you could see their breath come out of their mouth, and at just about the time that it disappears, they have summarized your life. Those special times? You got any special chapters? I tell you one, we all got, we all got a sin. As a matter of fact, that just permeates throughout our whole our whole story, don't it? We got a sin chapter, though. I I tell you where I tell you where most and it, listen, my my what I consider my sin chapter, if you want to call it that. Jenny and I was just talking about it the other night, and and she probably laid there and wondering, man, just who did I marry? We. Started going and I started, and I said, and I, I, I told her two or three times, I said, Look, I say these things not because I'm proud of them. But, preacher, it was like talking, Oh, thank the Lord, man. Oh, thank you, Lord. But it was like talking about a whole different person. Because I was so vile, I was so wretched, man. I've, and the, when the Lord saved me, He changed me. See, you ain't going to meet the Lord and it not change you. But we've all got that sin chapter. You've got a sin chapter. And and mine, not that I stopped sinning, but I I see that gap when I left home at 18, from 1987 to 1992, and that was the year that I got out of the service and I got saved. That's when I got changed. I don't mean I stopped sinning, but that's when the Holy Ghost took up abode and residence and He became Lord over my life. You got that sin chapter. It's there. That is a running theme throughout your story. Sin. Ain't that all of our problems? Amen. I mean, from when we read about Moses, Moses didn't even get to go over in this life because he sinned and he disobeyed God. Even Moses, David, the ones that you can think of, Noah, they all had that problem. We all have that sin chapter in our life. Thought about this. Some chapters in my story. Man. My story has some it has some sad chapters in it. Y'all got any of those? Loss of a loved one? Man. Sad chapters, things that disappoint us, things that let us down. All that's part of our story. Man, what kind of story? I mean, if somebody summarized your story, what would they? What would they say? What will they say about you? Because your story is going to be dwindled down and compressed. To that little dash. I've got some sad chapters in my life. I've had, man, I, I've got, I've got some sad chapters in my life to where, and I've got and, and to where it's knocked me down, preacher. But my story didn't end right there. I'm still here, and at some point or another had y'all ever, y'all ever done that, and you had to get back up. And by the grace of God, you got back up and you kept going. That's that's part of my story. Let me ask you this. Do you have a salvation chapter in your story? Someday some preacher probably going to stand over you. Are they going to be able to say, "Man, part of their story" They knew the Lord. I have stood over loved ones that I couldn't say that. I never heard a profession. I never saw any fruit. I have stood at a funeral and at a graveside and want to try to offer some kind of hope. But that salvation story chapter was not in their story. It was missing. Oh man, oh man. me plead with you. If there's... If there's any chapter you've got to get in your story. Can I plead with you today? If there's any chapter you've got to get in your story, it's got to be in your story. It's got to be that salvation story. It's got to be there. I'm telling you, without without that chapter, man, that's the main chapter. That's the only chapter that really matters. That's the only part of our life. Oh, man. That even gives us a hope that when we are done here, hey, that we live eternally with God who created us. Amen. Verse number, what is it? Verse number three. Thou turnest man to destruction. You know what that means, that, that, that destruction? It is to grind, to powder. And God told Adam, you were taken from the dust. And you're going back to it. That's what that verse means. Thou turnest man, thou, you grind him the powder. He is going, you brought him from the dust. You are returning him to the dust. And I think, Moses, how many times that he saw this happen over and over and over again. They turned back into dust. Those people died. The Bible says they could not enter in because of their unbelief. If you die lost and without that salvation chapter in your book and in your story it's because you failed to believe. Because there's no work you can do but you'll fail to believe. You will choose to not believe. You will reject Believing the Lord Jesus Christ. The only, ain't that amazing? The only chapter that really matters in your life is that salvation chapter. This psalm here is defined by time. It's defined by truth. It's defined by this tale, by this story. We spend our years as a tale. A story that is told. Listen, as I studied, I'm mean, preacher. I was going to stop right there. I thought, man, this is, man, this is, this is what this is about. But this this psalm is not only about dying. It's about living. These people are living during this time. But think of it. They have that death sentence over them, just like me and you do. But he says some things that helps them live while they're still here. If I left it right there, we would walk away saying, Man, all there is left is the grave, but there's a life to live. Hey, Amen. There's a lot, and I, I found this, and I'm, I'm telling you, I was sitting there at my desk. I had read this, I had jotted down some notes, and I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to my heart. And said this sum is not just about dying; it's about living as well. Amen. And I'm telling you, glory to God, we can live. Amen. Not just have life, but according to Jesus, we can have it more abundantly. Amen. Let me show you just a couple of things. I'm almost done. Number one, look at the present tense of this verse. The present tense. He didn't say we spent our years. As a tale that is told. He said we spend. Now, I ain't really that schooled in English and in grammar and all that. But I do know this. That is in the present tense. He says we spend our years as a tale that is told. In other words, we are living it right now. So what does Moses have to say to these people? Are you with me? Are you getting that? What would I, as a preacher from the Word of God, have to say to a people that we know we're not getting out of this world without going and changing and dropping this flesh and going through death? Even if the rapture takes place, you're going to be changed. This flesh and blood ain't going to heaven. So what does a preacher say? What do you say? What do you say? Well, I think, it, what is it, verse number 12? He says, so teach us. Teach us, Lord. Would you be our teacher? Teach us to what? To number our days. The num- what does that mean? Oh, man, here's what it means. Jeremiah, here's what it means. Here's what it means, buddy. We've been talking about this some of What, Sunday school, ain't we? Make every day count. Make every day count. Don't waste no more. He said, we spend them. We're we're, we're spending them. He said, so teach us. In the process of why we are spending our days, teach us something, Lord. Teach us to number our days. Why? That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom and there's a whole lot you could say about wisdom. It's Proverbs chapter number one. Wisdom is speaking. He's calling. Wisdom is calling. And he says, for those of you that have rejected, I will laugh when your calamity comes. He says, but seek wisdom. Get wisdom. Get Jesus. Teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You see. Teach us. Notice, notice the possessive we in the verse number nine again we spend our years I highlighted you know you can go through this psalm and just highlight every time you see a reference to some kind of time everlasting to everlasting days years said look in verse number 12 again so teach us to number our days our days our years. There's a possessive tense. And you say, well, time is of the Lord, and the Lord does control time. But right now, you know what he's given you? He's given you those years. You know what he's doing? You know what he's allowing you to do? To write your story. Yeah. Write your story. Man, this, th- these verses here teach us some things. He says, to teach us to number our days. Make each day count. Verse number 14. Satisfy us. And then he says, satisfy us early. What does that mean? Early in life. And some of those guys were 25 years old when they got that death sentence. They died when they were 65. But either way, they had those years. Moses is encouraging them for the Lord to teach us some things, to teach you and I to make every day count. Because me and you both know, we boast ourselves of tomorrow, don't we? How many of us really believe that tomorrow really may not be here for us? It may not be. So satisfy us early. Early, he says. Notice in verse number 16. Let thy work appear unto thy servants. That's them. And thy glory unto their children that crowd that dies in the wilderness you know what God said God said y'all thought that your children were going to be the ones who fall prey y'all are going to be the ones that die in the wilderness but your children are going to go into Canaan and Moses is saying Lord let us show your work unto us let us see what you're going to do but show your glory to the generation past us. Man, you know what he's saying? Lord, teach us to number our days, to make every day count so that we can get something, amen, from you to pass on to the next generation so that we don't leave them behind without an ounce of hope of the glory of God. How many of you know we can? How many of you know some of them chose to do that. Man, I mean, you can read in there and you can read about the stories and how they rebelled and this, that, and, other. And, and, and the things that took those people out, they were designed for that. Without a purpose. Can I ask you, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Did you just get out of hell? Was there a purpose to your life? Are you making every day count? I thought about, as the Lord was putting this on my heart, I thought, here we are at the very end of 2023. I I'll say more about that tonight. But at the very end, man, what would it be like if every one of us determined before we walked out of here said, you know what, it might be next month. It might be next year when I check out of here. But until then, I'm going to make every day count. I'm going to do something for the Lord. Wouldn't it be a great thing that if somebody here who does not know the Lord would say, you know what? Before I get out of this church house today, before I get out of this church house, I'm going to have that salvation chapter in my life. Don't leave this earth without that. I've given you the truth. I've given you the gospel. Listen, the Lord Jesus, and we, we know the God, that Christ died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again the third day. That salvation chapter has got to be in your story. We spend our years. We're spending them. Right now, you're spending them. We spend our years to be compressed to just a story. What's your story going to be? But I'd like to ask, is there anyone here today that would say, Preacher, I'm not saved. Or I'm not sure that I'm saved. That's me. I don't have that salvation chapter in my life. I tell you, it'd be a good day to get it. I'm pleading. It'd be a good day for that salvation chapter to be added to your story. For somebody to stand up over you one of these days, maybe next month, next year, or in 50 years from now. And they say they had that testimony. They knew Jesus as their Savior. Listen, please. Don't leave that way if you're not saved. Some are praying in their pews, some are in the altar. Would you come if you need to pray? You come, would you come? Go ahead and come. Come on, there ain't nothing worth dying and going to hell for. There ain't nothing, nothing worth dying and going to hell for. Nobody is worth dying and going to hell for. No thing is worth dying and going to hell for. And the Lord. So wants to add that salvation chapter to your life. Would you believe Him? Would you trust Him today? Would you put all your trust in Him and say, Lord, that's all I have is me. You put everything in Him. Why don't you come? Come on. Come on to the Lord today. Come on, don't wait. Don't don't tarry any longer. Come on. It's the truth. You know it's the truth. I believe the Spirit of God has bore witness that it's the truth. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it?